God because we know you're able. We expect that God because we know that you're a God that can do anything but fail. So we lift you up in this house this morning and give you praise and ask you to move on our hearts this morning. Lord God, touch us this morning. Give us ears to hear what you want to say to us this morning. And then give us the wisdom of mind to receive it, Lord God. We just want to say thank you, Lord God. Thank you for waking us up this morning and bringing us to the house of prayer. Now have your way in this place. Spirit of the living God, have your way. We give you free course, free reign. Move upon our minds and our hearts. And touch this man of God this morning, Lord God. And use me as you see fit. We'll be careful to give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for it, God. Open the minds and the hearts of your people this morning that they might hear your word. And we just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have your seats. I want to use for a subject this morning. Well, before I do that, turn with me to Colossians. Chapter 1. Colossians. Chapter 1. And we're going to begin the reading of God's word. At verse 15. Colossians 1. Verse 15. When you have it, say amen. Colossians. Chapter 1, verse 15. And it reads, Who is the invisible, I mean, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn to every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things 
were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. In the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blamable and unreproved in his sight. If ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard and which ye and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Glory to God. I want to use as a subject matter this morning. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. Ushers, I need your help. Can you make sure that each person in the building has a program. Make sure all the people in here have a program. Because there's something about this program that I really want you to pinpoint on, put into your mindset, because what's on this program is vital to your Christian walk. If you don't have a program, can you raise your hand? Deacon Ross does such an excellent job in bringing up our program. Thank God for him. On the front of our program, Right below the clarion call logo, it has a passage of scripture that is the the mission statement for clarion call. That mission statement says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
that verse of scripture, it speaks volume to the life of the believer. It speaks volume about clarion call. And it speaks volume to you as one that is moving forward in the things of God. It says in that statement that we've come a long way. Clarion Call has come a long way from where it began. It also says in that statement that we've got a long way to go. But it also says in that statement, it says, but in the process of where we're going and where God is taking us to, that there are going to be some obstacles in the way as we go forward. And even though that there's going to be obstacles in the way, as we go forward into the future, it also says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. See, God has plans for clarion call that go far beyond that that we can even ask a thing, but, but it's a plan and it's a future that God has set in, in motion for us and each one of us plays a vital part in the purpose and the plan of God coming forth for this ministry. So when we think about what God is doing and how he's going about it, we've got to come to realize that on this journey, in this ministry, we've come this far by faith. We've come this far believing in God. We've come this far trusting in God. And we're going to go further believing and trusting in God. Amen? But in the process of doing that, when I said that there are going to be obstacles, it talks about that there's a price for greatness. It's going to cost us some things. And that cost that it's going to cost us is depends on how high you want to go in God. Because that price means that it's going to cost you some time. That cost is going to cost you some you. That cost is going to cost you some friends, some family members. It's going to, it's cost for greatness. And my question to you, are you willing to pay the price? Because, like I said, where God is taking clarion call, we need each and every one of you to be a part of what's going on. 
But it's not me that's going to do it. It's going to be the Holy Ghost. Working in us, working through us, it's going to be the work of God in our minds and in our hearts that's going to cause us to move forward from where we are right now. It's not me. I can't do nothing by myself. It's going to be the Holy Ghost, the work of God working in me that's going to do the work. And when we were in Bible study on Thursday, on Tuesday, on Thursday, oh my God, on Tuesday, we were talking about God being in control of every aspect of our lives. And, and when you realize that God is in control of every aspect of your life, I want to ask you, have you ever asked this question? Why am I going through this? Have you ever asked yourself the question, why is this happening to me? Well, none of what we have and none of what we gain came without a fight. We got a fight on our hands. The Bible says in, in Ephesians that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world. We got a fight on our hands. And my question to you is, is there still some fight left in you? Are you ready to put your hands to the plow for Jesus? Because when we really look at the life of Jesus, he put his life on the cross for you and me. That's how much he loved you. That's how much he cared for you. That he went through torture and agony and pain because that's how much he loved you and cared for you. And, and, and in the process of going through all of that agony and pain, when it was all over with, he left you with a promise. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. The Bible says in John 14 and 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So it's not me. It's not you. It's the Holy Ghost. Because he's going to teach you all things. He's going to show you all things. He's going to be that still small voice in your ear that's guiding you. It's not going to be you. It's going to be the Holy Ghost. And, and in the process of, of how he works and bringing all of these things to your remembering, you remember I asked you, 
Have you ever asked yourself them two questions of why is this happening to me? And why am I going through what I'm going through? Well, there's, there's two answers to those two questions. And one, either devil is mad because you learned what the Holy Ghost was teaching you, or you didn't, and the process of you learning it is still going on. But whether you're learning it, or whether it's being learned. See, Tuesday night when we talk about God is in control of every aspect of your life, we talk about how God is being sovereign, meaning that he has all authority, supreme authority over every aspect of what's going on in your life. Everything that's going on, God is in control of. So when you go through them things that's good, God is in control of what's going on good in your life. When you're in those areas where things are just bad and you're asking yourself them questions, why? God is in control of what's going on in those situations. And when we look at our text, the Bible says in verse 18, he says that, I mean, that God, in verse 18, he says that, look at what it says. The end of it says that in all things he might have preeminence. Preeminence means that he has superiority over everything that's going on. He has the excellency of everything that's going on in your life. He's in control. And until you get to the point of realizing that he is the one that's in control, then there's going to be some challenges that's going to be going on in your life. And if I've got somebody that I know that is in control of everything that's going on in my life, the good thing that's going on in my life, the bad thing that's going on in my life, he's got control over everything that's going on, I want to know about who this person is that knows me that well. So it's saying to me that I need to get to know Jesus for myself, because he has control over everything that's going on. If I'm going through a bad time in my life, Jesus knows about it. And if, and if I'm going to be nonchalant with my relationship with God, when I go through them bad times, then I'm going to be sitting there wondering why. But you can know the reason why that you're going through it, because you understand who's in control. That's why we, we ask you to come to Bible study. That's why we say come to church. That's why we say read your Bible. Because we want you to know the person that's in control, that's in control of every aspect of your life. And in our text, that's what Paul was trying to get the people at Colossae to understand. That although the Judaism and the Gnosticism look good, felt good, acted good, sounded good. He said, you need to be following the ways of Christ. 
because when you follow the ways of Christ, it says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. It, it ain't nothing that's going on that's not going to be truth that's coming from God. And if you want to know truth, then what you need to know is you need to know Jesus for yourself. Amen? Amen. So, look at what it says in verse 21. I'm going to drop down to that. It says, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. See, I thank God for what Christ did on the cross for me. I thank God that he shed his blood on the cross for me because I was alienated from God. I was doing all that stupid stuff that people that are out there saying, it ain't no God. I was in that ballpark with them. But God saw something in me and he changed my life. And at Calvary, when he shed his blood for me, he made it possible that I could be quickened and made whole and redeemed back to a life in him. See, I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb. He shed his blood at Calvary for me. He's going to be sitting at a heavenly place saying, that's one that I died for. See, that's what I want him to say about me. I want to hear him when he says, yeah. yeah. That one right there? Pardon him. Because he did what was right down here for me. See, that's what I want to hear him say for me. I, I thank God that through my trespasses and sins in the part that I was alienated, that Jesus saw something in me. And what he saw in me, he says, because I'm chosen. Even though I was out there playing the fool, I was chosen. Even though I was out there doing them worldly aspects and going through them worldly gyrations, I was chosen. You're chosen of God. You're set apart for God. And, and when we were talking about it in Bible study, it talks about the elect. He already knows who he is. But in that same aspect, there's a thing that pastor says all the time, Run away, the race to win. Whatever you're doing for God, do it to win. Whatever you're doing, do it to win the race. Because there is an aspect in God that you're trying to get to. That, that aspect that, that when he saw you, he brought you out of that darkness. And brought you into his marvelous life. He did that because you're chosen. He did that because you are the elect of God. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. He saw something in me. Because it was him that drew me. It wasn't me myself. See, I've learned that I can't do 
enough good. I can't treat people nice enough. I can't give them enough of me to make it where I can be blameless before God. That came through Jesus Christ's blood at Calvary for me. That came through the power of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't me. And because of what he done at Calvary for me, the Bible says that it's all working together. It's working in me. It's working through me. But I've got to be willing for the change in me to work. Ain't that what it says here in verse 22? It says, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and unprovable in his sight. He's got to prove me. He's got to do the work in me. It's not going to be done by me. But here it says in verse 23, it says, if we continue in the faith, it says, grounded and settled. See, I've got to be grounded and I've got to be settled in this walk with Christ because I can't do it on my own. But in this place that he's talking about, that's grounding me and settling me, it's a place that we know that two things are going on. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 28, it says that all things are working together for good. It might not look good for me at times, but it's working together for my good. It might be a challenge for me at the time that I'm going through it, but it's working together for my good. It might be that questionable moment, what the world is going on, but it's working together for my good. It might be one of those things that have me with sleepless night, crying on the side of my bed, but it's working together for my good. But, but, but it's, it's a call to that. He said, to them that love God, it, it's got to be a love inside of you. That as you're going through this, you're giving him the praise. As you're going through this, you're saying, God, I love you. I don't know why I'm going through this, but God, I'm going to trust you. It's got to be a love inside of you for God that when that's going on, you can give him the praise because you know he's going to bring you through it. But, but, but see, we got, a, we got a thing inside this scripture that, that we say to them that love God, and call according to his purpose. See, we quote that scripture wrong. Because there's one word in there that changes the whole aspect of that scripture. It says that one word is the call. 
That puts you in a different category altogether in the call. It's the call. That means that I'm set apart. I'm called by God. I'm the elect of God. God has already set me and ordered me to be used mightily by him. And I'm of the call. And it's a purpose in that call that God has called you to. And, and we read it right here. And that purpose here in the text is said to, to make it where you're holy. To make it where you're unblameable. To make it where you're unprovable in his sight. See, it's a purpose to what God is doing in our lives. And we can't just look at it with just happenstance. Because God is doing a work in us. And it's working together for our good. But we got to love him. We, we can't just say, oh, you know, I, I think I just kick it with the fellas today. I don't need to go to church. Is that loving God? Uh-uh. No, no. All things is about my love for God. That means that I'm going to have to give up, what did I say, a little bit of me. I'm going to have to give up a little bit of friends because I've got a purpose that I'm trying to reach. i got a goal that I'm trying to attain to. i got something that I'm trying to reach for God. And, and the second part of that scripture comes from Matthew 21 and 42. Now Jesus is talking about the stone that the builders rejected. But when you look at that scripture and he, at the end of it, he says, but this is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in our eyes. What, what the Lord is doing is marvelous. What the Lord is doing is beyond that that you could ever ask or think. What the Lord is doing is he's taking you to deeper depths and higher heights than him. It's marvelous in his eyes. Amen? And because of this marvelous in his eyes, the Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You want to know what workmanship is? Workmanship is a molding process. God is molding us to be all that he called us to be from the very foundation of the world. And the Bible says, whom the Lord loves, he chastens. So it ain't easy sometimes. Sometimes you got to go through some things. Sometimes there's a challenging factor that goes on in there. But if it's all working together for the good, then we can go through the challenging factors knowing that God got his hands in the midst of whatever it is that I'm going through. God's going to make a way out of what, no way. Because what? God is in control. And that's what we need to get to a point of understanding in our walk with God, that God is in control of everything that goes on in our lives. It's nothing that goes on in your life that God's not aware of. He knows what you think before you even think it. 
He knows what's going to happen to you tomorrow before tomorrow even get here. And he also knows when you're going to turn away from him and go that other way. But then when you start to go through them challenges in life, that means that he's working on you to try to get you to repent and come back. The Bible says in our text that he reconciles us, meaning that he brings us back to himself. Why? Because that's the love of God in Christ Jesus for you and me. He loves us just that much. That he'll send you through the difficult situation just so he can bring you back to himself. Oh, glory to God. So the Bible says in, in 23, it says, if ye continue in the faith. This continuing process doesn't mean that I give up because things don't seem to be going my way. It doesn't mean that, you know, I don't understand what he's doing, so, you know, I'll just do it another way. The Bible talks about us being rooted and grounded. That word grounded says from Webster, it describes a person who has a good understanding of what's really important. See, that's what it means to be grounded that you have a good understanding of what's really important. And for a person that is a lover of God, he ought to understand that the word of God is really important. Amen? It says here, settle. Settle from Webster says to make a final decision. Your final decision ought to be that the word of God it's important. Important enough that I'm going to start spending some time in the Word of God. That's how important the Word of God is. I need to start spending some more time in the Word of God because the Word of God is important. Because I can't say in all this that the Holy Ghost is working to present us holy. And the only way that we're going to understand the holiness of God is understanding the word of God. Because when I stand before God and he presents me before God, I want to be blameless. I want to be holy. I want to be all that God has set out for me to be. That means that I've got to be able to know that in the process that he's cleaning out some stuff in me. That's why I'm going through what I'm going through because he's taking out of me them old habits that don't give glory to him. 
He's taking all of me them old isms that, that doesn't bring glory and honor to God. He's taking out of me those things that, that I'm not. Is that what sometimes, sometimes you say? I'm not. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. Come on, you want to go to church? No, I'm not going to do that. It's also going to do with those prideful things that say, I am. I am who I am. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You might be going through some things because he's working on presenting you holy before God. It's not you. It's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. And he's working in you to, to bring about a far more exceeding weight of glory. And sometimes you got to go through some things to get there. Amen? So, now, for him to go through all of that, we've got to make a decision to let God have his way. You know, you know that song by, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dwayne Woods, yeah, let go and let God. Sometimes that's what you got to do. You just got to let go and let God have his way in your life. Amen? It, it, it might go against the grain. It might go against all that you used to. But you got to let go. And let God have his way. Because maybe it's like the movie of the color purple. You remember Sealy saying? Maybe God's trying to tell you something. But you got to let go. And you got to let God so that you can hear it. So he can get your attention. See, we go through so much on a daily basis. We go through a lot. And a lot of it is because we don't understand that God is in control of everything that goes on in our lives. And once we get to the point of that understanding in our life that God is in control, then that's when we can understand that when I'm going through them tough times that all things is working together for good. And I'm not stressing over it. I'm not challenged by it. I'm just sitting up saying, okay, God, whatever you go get ready to do, I'm waiting on you. And the stress factor Lightens. Amen? Because, let me say this and I'm closing. You remember Job? The Bible says that Satan came to God and told him if you take that hedge around and about him, because God has said that he was a just right 
upright man. He said, if you take that head from around him, he'll curse you to your face. But God told him, he said, okay, do what you want to do, but you can't kill him. Now, what does that say to you and me? That when we going through what we going through, God can say, do what you going to do to him. I, I got confidence in him that they can take whatever it is that you're going to throw at them. So a lot of times what we're going through that, that's asking us them why question is the test that God has put you in with the enemy to let you know, I trust you enough to believe you can handle it. Because we know that when we go through the tough times in our lives, what it brings us to is it puts us on our knees. It gets us in the Word. It gets us back into relationship with God. So my question to you is, if you're going through some situations and some circumstances, did you get out of fellowship with God? Have you stopped reading your Bible? Have you stopped spending that time in prayer? Have you stopped doing what you normally do? That's calling him to say, okay, I need him to get back. I need her to get back in right relationship with me. All right, do what you're going to do. Amen. So God can get you back into the word of God. It's all a process. And who are we but instruments in his hand? He's molding us, and he's shaping us that we might be fit for the master's use. God wants to use you, people of God. Clarion Call family, God wants to use you. And what he's doing right now is preparing you so you can be used. So if you're going through some challenging time, give God the glory. Give him the praise. Lift his name on high because he's preparing you for greatness. All of it is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in his eyes. So let him have his way in your life. Because it's not you. It's the Spirit of God working in you and through you to present you faultless before God. Do you receive it? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, I know that we go through difficult times. But Lord, I thank you that in those times, you're teaching us to trust you. Let that teaching process, Lord, God, be one that will 
plant a seed inside of us that we will begin to hunger and thirst after you. Lord God, that we will begin to hunger and thirst for the, for the word of God. God, I thank you for what you're doing through Clarion Call. And I thank you for the call that is going out, Lord God, that you're calling the members of Clarion Call to yourself to be used. Begin to plant the seeds in their minds and in their hearts. Begin to give them a hunger to want to be used by you. Begin, God, to, to let them know that you're preparing them for greatness. And Lord God, as they run this race, help them to run it, Lord God, to win. That you might be exalted in every aspect of your life. And we'll be careful to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you receive that word? Glory to God.